Hello and welcome to the Ball Things Considered podcast. My name is Michael Castello and here with me is Sean Bush. Hey, how you doing, Michael? Uh, Join this uh, beautiful Saturday weather and I'm excited for this post-trade deadline season. This trade deadline was nuts and we felt we had to discuss it right now. Yeah, question on what exactly Marvin Bagley to the Pistons is going to bring. So <laughs> we're, I think, better off discussing what it means for the rest of the season. Well, and Because we're, what, 56-ish games for most teams into the season. So that's almost exactly two-thirds. Right. So I think that like final third, all-star break, post-deadline is the most crucial. And so we should look forward now that we know what trades have happened. Exactly. And I mean, what are the Clippers going to be without Serge Ibaka? It's all in our minds. So, uh, I don't know. You want to you wanna dig in? What we were thinking about for this pod, um, looking at, uh, instead of just going trade by trade um, and kind of doing a general trade reaction podcast, just kind of looking at uh, our predictions for like the top 10 teams at the end of the year, um, you know, for the play-in, for the playoffs. Both conferences. Um, and those are really the teams that matter. Uh, and then, you know, as we go team by team, uh, we'll kind of run through some of the roster changes that were made. and Yeah, because that'll explain why we're higher or lower on where they'll finish. Exactly. Um, and so we'll start with the East, I would say. Yeah. Just because, I mean, the East is always listed first. It's I guess. more interesting this year. Yeah, uh, oh, by far. And it's, it's especially from a from a playoff race standpoint, everything's just very, very jumbled. So let's run down where they're at right now. In one through four seeds, we've got Miami Heat leading everybody, then the Cavaliers, the Bulls, and the Bucks, And then at five and six, just outside of the play-in, is the 76ers and the Raptors. And seven through ten in the play-in tournament, Celtics at seven, Nets at eight, Hornets at nine, Hawks at ten. And then just outside of the play-in, only two teams are within reach. The Wizards are half game back of that 10 spot. The Knicks are a game and a half back. And so we'll start with one through four in the East. We gave you who it is, Heat, Cavs, Bulls, Bucks. And then let's go with our predictions on where 26 games will take us. All right, uh, I'll kick it off. So my one through four, how I think it's going to play out will be, I think the Heat hold on to that top spot. I've got the Bucks finishing second. Mm Mm-hmm. I got the Bulls finishing third and the Sixers finishing fourth. So you've got the Bucks jumping from four to two. Yeah. Which is Cleveland's spot. The Bulls stay at three and the Sixers go from five to four that right. the Bucks vacated. Okay, I have the Bucks climbing from fourth to first. Okay. And Miami loses first to second. The Bulls, I also have standing pad at three. And I've got at number four the Toronto Raptors climbing up from six. They have won eight in a row, and very recently were at the bottom of the play-in. Like, the Wizards are out of the play-in, and the Wizards are one of the worst teams in the league, coldest teams in the league, and they were above the Raptors, like, a few weeks ago. And now they're at six, and I really think that they'll keep climbing because they've got their stride. They've got it all figured out. Their starters work perfectly together, and... They just picked up Thad Young basically for free. Goran Dragic hasn't played since November 13th, and sending his contract away to get contributor Thad Young. Yeah, it helps. I really, really like it, yeah. Because Siakam has been playing so, so much. 
and he's been starting at the five, and Presh Achua is their most run guy off the bench. And I think that Achua, he's been playing a lot of center, playing a lot of power forward. I think he fits better at power forward. And the beauty of any three-player rotation, we were just talking about this, whether it's three guards or three bigs, each guy has to be play, playable with the other. So Siakam fits with Achua. Right. Achua fits with Thad, and Thad fits with Siakam. Yeah. So there's no duo they can't run, and all three of them can play five as well, small ball five, which the Raptors have great shooters, so nobody's short, everybody's long. Um, I really, really like their direction. I don't see them slowing up at all. So they're sitting at, did you say it was sixth or seventh right now? Six. They're six. two and a half back of the Bucks at four. Okay. Okay, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Okay, so but my initial, uh, I love when we do this because we always, we always differ on a few things. Like, I ended up slotting the Raptors in at seventh. Really? Um, Is that felt, more out of lack of faith or more you really like other teams? Uh, oh, definitely the other teams. Thing. Okay, yeah, I think uh, so too. When you're doing the East, it's really hard to say that any team's going to slow down. Right. I don't think any East team's gotten worse in the top eight or nine. Like, Brooklyn is at 8, and they just added an all-NBA player. Right. Um, and what's interesting with the Raptor, Raptors for me is um, they've been really, really solid this year, just, like, top to bottom. And they've, like you said, they've been playing really well recently, and they've only kind of, I feel like, consistently just made strides as the season has gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's kind of clicking into place a little bit. I hadn't really even considered them in the top six, just from a um, – I think, like you said earlier, all these uh, liking all these other teams, like, uh, I, it wouldn't shock me honestly if they did kind of push up in that top four range. But uh, I just kind of felt so many of these other teams either got better or the ones that like didn't make significant improvements just kind of are that good, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like a Miami. Um, yeah, my biggest concern with the Raptors is how much run they give their stars. Their starters have played 35, 36, 37, 38, and 38.6 minutes per game. Like, that's all five of their starters. That's a ton. Their next highest minutes is Achua, and he's playing 23.6. So that's less than half the game. Chris Boucher is playing 20. And that's really it of anybody who's appeared in 30 games. Svima Kyaluk has played in 42, and he's giving them 16. And Blanton's playing 12 minutes a game, but he's played in 44. So... Even with Thad Young coming in, like mm-hmm. they're really not getting anything at backup guard and almost nothing on the wing. So, I mean, I'm hoping that they free Malachi Flynn. It's amazing how much they've been winning with. Right. I mean, this spare ball handling. It's yeah. It's, it's scarce. Well, it's, it's it's nice when you got you know like, Scotty's been. Yeah. I mean, obviously he was touted as a as a great playmaker coming out of college, but he's yeah, Scotty can do really it. Really, even surpassed that. Yeah. I think Siakam's like everybody's expectations. Siakam gets better at it every year. Yeah, Siakam's pretty good at it. Like, even like OG can like yeah. do little stuff off the dribble. So like, I think that's really helped. Yeah. Um, they kind of it's almost like a playmaking by committee approach yeah. a bit. Even though obviously Van Vliet's been great. No, yeah, they don't have a great point guard or great playmaker like Van Vliet and Gary Turner, both kind of shooting guards. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say that while he's averaging 7.1 assists, but you kind of know what I mean. But right. every single person can put the ball on the floor and be at worst at connecting passer at all times. Yeah. So I'm hoping that they really are all in this greatest shape. They're all young, 27 or younger. That's crazy, too. Um, but, yeah, so I've got them four. 
Uh, we both have the Heat and Bucks at one and two. We both have the Bulls at three, so not much to talk about there. Bucks are finally getting their groove. They're the champs. I think they're the best team. So yeah. I would be more surprised if they don't win a bunch of games on the stretch. Yeah, I almost uh, I almost had Bucks one. Yeah, uh, I really heavily consider that. They just like you said, they were so banged up. Yeah, kind of all year, and now they've just been healthy recently, and they're kind of just. I think they're making up some ground. I think the games matter a little bit more to them than they do to the Heat. Mm-hmm. The Heat are firing on all cylinders. They've just been like a tank all year. Yeah. Whereas the Bucks have been digging out of a hole a little bit, and they want to hit perfect stride over these last twenty five games they have. Right, I think a lot of it. And so I think they're going to be pushing. Not that Miami's that a little bit. Not that Miami's off the gas at all, but the Bucks are really going to be pushing more. Yeah, and they're only a game and a half back of the Heat. All right, let's go to five through eight. We'll call it, and uh, then we'll talk about the play in after that. Yeah, the last two spots. So five through eight in the East. We've got Philly and Toronto at 5-6, and six, Boston and Brooklyn at 7-8, and eight, and then rounding out the plan is the Hornets and the Hawks. But I'm interested to see who you have on both sides of the plan dotted line. Yeah. Uh, so my 5-8, through eight, um, I've got the Cavs 5. So falling from 2? Yeah, falling from 2. I've got the Celtics 6, so I guess moving up from 7th, right? Yep. Um, Raptor seven, as I said, and then I've I've got the Hornets eight. Okay, so you've got the Hornets passing Brooklyn. I uh, yeah, I do. Okay, so for me, I've got Boston climbing out of the plane up to five. I've got Philly falling from five to six, which I mean is marginal. They'll probably sit, play about the same ball. We would mm-hmm. hope because they're not losing anything. They're just integrating Harden, right? Which I think is harder to overcome. Honestly, mm-hmm. is integrating new players to your ecosystem, especially great ones than it is to, say, play the rest of your season without whoever. Like for the Spurs, they're not playing with that young anymore, but they're right off the plan still. That'll be slightly easier to usurp those minutes lost than it is to work in a superstar, former MVP. Yeah. So I think Philly will be fine. I just don't think they're going to climb. And then on the other side of my plan, I've got Cleveland at 7 and Brooklyn at 8. Okay. Which it feels awful having Cleveland, Cleveland fall from yeah, it's... two to seven. But like I said, every single team, it feels like is not slowing up. Right. And so Cleveland has had. And it's not, I mean, it's it's three and a half games. Yeah. The difference between two, two and, and seven, seven right yeah. now. And um, Boston, I know we just said that the Raptors have won how many straight? Eight? Boston's won seven straight. Yeah. And Boston's been yeah. arguably like the best team i mean maybe besides the sun still but like over I, the last like third of the season and i, mean, I think they comfortably have the best defense they're the defense i'd want to play the least and their defense just got better like josh Richardson's an amazing defender mm-hmm. you're not really going to get better when you get rid of him but Derek white is an all-world defender and he plays point guard right. which josh richardson was not and so him and marcus smart are going to be the best point of attack duo i think in the sport and so their defense didn't get worse, and their offense got so much better, adding somebody who instantly comes in and is their best playmaker by a lot. Oh, I'd, I'd even argue their defense got significantly better. Like, I, I just think he's he's such a good point-of-attack defender mm. to me. Um, and having a, another guy like that opposite, like, when you're, you know, assuming Schroeder's getting bought out here. He's, and you're he went just, to the Rockets. 
Uh, oh, officially? He went to the Rockets and they got Daniel Tice back. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, they also sent Bruno Fernando to Houston. Yeah, and then he'll get bought out by the Rockets. Okay, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, just like, I don't know, having him and Marcus Mart, like, I think will help them a lot since they ended up keeping Smart. And, like, and then they've got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah. If you wanted the three and the four and Robert Williams at five. And Tatum and Brown have just really been clicking recently. Um, I thought it was an amazing move. Uh, that's why I had them jump in the Raptors. Yeah. Um, like you said, like I think White just adds so much what they needed on offense. Like they were really desperate for he's not even like an amazing distributor or like he's not like some like definite knockdown shooter and stuff, but he like is really good at a lot of those things. And yeah. Like they needed that kind of desperately. Yeah. No, I dove into Derek White in this article that I wrote. I actually put it out earlier today. I think in looking at the numbers and everything that he's a top five off ball playmaker. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's an amazing defender. If you want to look at these yeah, percentiles. So Derek White on defense is 94th percentile in terms of opposing points for possession, 95th percentile in opposing EFG, 82nd percentile in opposing turnover percentage, 93rd percentile in off ball defense, 89th percentile in on ball defense. He's above average in deflections. And that's just defense. Yeah. I, I mean, I, he's 96th percentile in potential assists per 100 passes, 91st in his passing versatility. He, and he does it on 37th percentile touches per game. Like he plays next to an all star point guard in DeJounte Murray. So he very much is at shooting guard, off the ball, and he just does insane things. He, he's and that's what it's going to be like playing with Brown and Tatum. Right. And he's also one, he's one of the better. Like sneakily, he's he's a really really good pick and roll offensive player. Um, as a guard, he, he he's very efficient um, in the pick and roll. Which, um, you know, truthfully, I haven't watched a ton of Celtics games this year personally, but um, it seems like they really were desperately kind of lacking that. You know, yeah, um, which will be huge. Um, and then. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like they're clicking and that they were just underperforming earlier. And, like, I yeah. think there's a few teams that I'm buying into the hype of, like, they're just kind of slowly getting their stuff together. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk? I mean, we should probably talk Sixers a bit. Yeah. Um, obviously. So, so, like I said, they're five right now. I have them going to six. So, yeah, basically, no them. change, missing the play-in, which would be nice. And you have them where? I got him four, so you got so him slightly dropping. I got him slightly rising. Um, I kind of agree with a lot of stuff you you were touching on earlier. Bob where, Harden's integration. Yeah, it's hard to integrate really really good players, especially when it's like someone like Harden, where everything. Yeah. Even with Embiid, he just uses the ball probably so much. better. Like everything's yeah. going to still go through Harden because he just has the ball so much, right? Yeah, and it's like. It's so much easier to introduce a player into an ecosystem than it is to upend an ecosystem. Right. Like, so Brooklyn was that amazing, fun team a couple years ago. The D'Lo, the Karis LeVert, the Dinwiddie, the Jared Allen, like Tori and Prince, up to down, they were awesome. So mm-hmm. much fun. They had a great, fun series against the Sixers in the first round. And then they just blew everything up to let Kyrie and Kevin Durant take over. And that takes a little bit of time. And then James Harden came in afterwards, and they still were just so good they almost won. But then you look at Kawhi Leonard, who just won the championship in year one in Toronto. 
because they didn't change a thing. Every single person around them was the same. And then in comes Kawhi for DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl. Right. And, I mean, he brought Danny Green with him. So that's just like a star added to an ecosystem. Yeah. James Harden is kind of the same thing. The ecosystem really, really exists. So I don't think that they have to wait until next year for a championship window. But doing it at the trade deadline makes it a little bit tighter. Yeah. And he I mean he's a system changing. Oh player. totally. Everything he is a system. Everything he they never run. has exactly. missed the playoffs. Like he wins games by himself all the time. Mm-hmm. Like the whole regular season. Yeah, the reason I had them slightly jumping is that kind of despite all that stuff we just went through, like at the end of the day, I, the, the more I thought about it, I was just like Harden versus. I mean, Simmons has been playing, so if you're if you're taking out Seth and and Drummond and you're putting in Harden, like even though I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains there, and I think it, that might hurt them against um, at least in the rest of the regular season against some of the like really good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Harden and Embiid are playing at the same time, like I don't see any. I mean, it'll happen obviously, but like it's going to be very hard for like teams 15 or 16 through 30 to beat them just because those two guys are so prolific so productive like they're just gonna put up crazy numbers and it's not like the rest of the roster is barren now you know they still got Tyrese Maxey um I'm really interested to see how he kind of plays off of this um he's had a pretty good year uh, I think he and that's was... coincided a lot with like all the touches that he's been able to get. Right, and he's not a point guard, so it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. what that retransition is like mm-hmm. to playing off the ball because everybody plays off the ball when James Harden's on your team. Yeah, and like you said, it'll be it could go really one of two ways. I could see it being very positive for him, where I mean, I think he was being asked of too much from a playmaking standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, he's really not a true point guard. He's kind of more of a, a score fill it up guy. Um, so that could be good in one sense, or it could be, you know, when you're used to having the ball all the time, and especially younger guys like that, you know, he's never had to play with someone yeah. like Harden before. So that's definitely going to be a major adjustment. So, And I think, and I'm just thinking of this now, like hopefully he's in a role similar to what Kyrie was next to Harden. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's the best comp of a former Harden teammate is Kyrie and Harden worked. Like, Kyrie made Harden and Durant work better because the two alone didn't work the best. Yeah. So hopefully Maxi can kind of do the same thing to make Harden and Embiid, two hugely ball-dominant players, work better. Because you would think adding Kyrie another score would make Harden and Durant less workable. But it ended up being the other thing where it's the additional connector instead of just my turn, your turn. Exactly. And so I think Tyrus Maxi, he's not Kyrie Irving. And that's not the best one-to-one player comparison. But we saw that role really, really work. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think it could help a lot with the Simmons, not the Simmons, the Harden to Embiid relationship. That's what I hope to see out of him. Yeah. And he's and, good enough. And Harden's, he is good enough. Harden's just had that experience, like, his whole career. I mean, playing with Russ twice, playing with Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he knows how to... Uh, maybe defer is not the right word because he's always going to be the guy who has the ball the most. But like other guards can succeed with him, I think. Yeah, they can at least get theirs a little bit. Yeah, um, I think the Cavs are the last team we both mentioned. Uh, Do we both have them at? I had them five, and you had them seventh, seventh. right? Okay. Um, we'll be we'll be quick on the Cavs. Um, I really like them. I don't think there's a thing wrong with them. I think Karis Levert was a really good get. Yeah, but the thing is that 
he's not gonna be hard to integrate. Like he's not a superstar. He's not a system changer. Yeah. But besides the Colin Sexton injury, obviously, they've really had everything go their way. Yeah. Like thirty-five and twenty-one is exactly like five eighths of your games. Like thirty-five and twenty-one's glittering. It's a game back of the one seed, but I just kind of expect a regression when every single other team is getting better and they're playing so far over their heads. They're not bad, but they're greater than the sum of their parts, and it's just been instant success. That, they won 19 games two years ago and 21 last year, I think. Yeah. Something like that, and to already be at 35, like... Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. No, if they made the finals, it would be like crazier than the Bengals making the Super Bowl, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it really I've been be. I've been thinking about that comparison since two weeks ago. Like, since the Bengals beat the Chiefs, is this is just like the Cavs. And... It just doesn't work that way in the NBA. Yeah, it, you can't really. There's seven rarely, games. It's not one unless you're unless you're drafting a Magic Johnson or a, or a Larry Bird. Yeah, um, and I mean Evan Mobley's amazing, but like as a like I love a first them. year guy, it's like and they'll not probably the, same. the Cavs might just have home court next year, but they're not the two seed. Yeah, yeah. I like I said, Adam Jared fifth. Allen. Jared Allen should be in the All Star game though. Give give him Lamelo spot. I'm sorry. Uh, I love the Cavs. I. I was very close to putting him sixth and having bumping the Celtics up to fifth for me, um, but I talked myself out of it. I think I was like two and a half games was like just enough of a leap where I felt comfortable keeping the Cavs there. But I, I kind of echo everything you just said. Like I just expect a little bit of regression. I still think like like they're probably still underrated just around the general consensus, just because like. Yeah, like they're. I still they're don't not, think people are watching yeah. the Cavs. You know, they're even though they have been good, getting lucky. I don't want it to come off that way. Like they, exactly. they win games. Their personnel works. Their system works. And they're deep. And they're like just they don't down, have a lot of weak links. Yeah, just, just like down the stretch, you have to trust like sample size, both from teams that have been put together longer, from stars we've seen winning longer, right. from coaches we've seen winning longer, from I mean everything. Yeah, and it, they're just. Like, it never happens, what they're seemingly doing. All right, agreed there. Um, so what did you say you have for 7 and 8? I had, uh, well, I had the Raptors 7th. Oh, right, and I had Cleveland. Um, so and then I, you had Charlotte? Yeah, I had Charlotte. Okay, I have Brooklyn. Do you have, what's 9 and 10? So 9 and 10, I, I have 9 Brooklyn. Okay. 10 Atlanta. Okay, so almost the same. I've got Charlotte and Atlanta. Um, who, who do you we, want to start with on those? I think Charlotte and Atlanta, we know what they are, mm-hmm. and I think they're Charlotte's going to be about the same. Atlanta's trending upwards, and they made the conference finals last year. Right, they're no joke. They just had such a big hole, and no team above them is going to lose games. Yeah, and and I still think even just like two games, that still feels like yeah, like you said, like I think Charlotte's going to finish strong. I think yeah. Brooklyn's going to finish strong. Um, Do you the think part. there's a chance that it isn't these ten teams? The Wizards are 11. They're half game back of Atlanta, and there's no way. There's no way. They're the they're only going to be team climbing. I slightly consider was the Knicks, but yeah, the, Hawks the Knicks are a game are and a half, and better I don't than the Knicks. So yeah. it's like it was hard for me to think. Like you yeah. said, a game and a half. I was like, I would be the Hawks are kind of surprised. Hot, that, like they're not right in a rough stretch. They just they start. They had such a bad start to the year yeah. that like they're kind of recovering still. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I like the Knicks. I like Julius Randle, um, but they're not 
a winning team. And yeah. they didn't do anything, which I like, that they didn't try and go all in they to didn't panic. win more now. They didn't do any needle-moving moves at mm-hmm. the deadline, which is a really good thing, I think. Yeah. All right. Do you want to move on to the West? Uh Oh, we should talk... Uh, oh, we should talk Brooklyn. Yeah, we should yeah. talk Brooklyn and, and even Charlotte. I do want to say, I, I think them... The Trads pickup will actually be sneaky huge for them. That was like part of the reason I bumped mm. them over Brooklyn. I was um, amazed that they've been lusting after bigs. Mm-hmm. And they've got the P.J. Washington chip that they very conspicuously, blatantly wanted to cash in. Yeah. And not only that they didn't, but the center they ended up getting is Montrose Harrell. Mm-hmm. Like, I get, I don't think Miles Turner was probably on the table. Right. So it's easier to say get a big than it is like, okay, well, who's available? But... I like Montrez Harrell. They gave up Vernon Carey, who should have been playing. He's, he's yeah, an NBA level player. Um, he was traded to the Wizards, so I've got a lot of thoughts on him. We don't need to dive into Vernon Carey talk. <laughs> <laughs> but Montrez is a good player. He yeah. was the Wizards' best center, like pretty like decisively on a team that had Thomas Bryant and Daniel Gafford. Like he was the best center. He has the Wizards' all-time offensive rating. Any amazing. season in Wizards history, <laughs> Montrez Harrell has the highest offensive rating. How about that? I think it's 134.2 is the number that they'll be hanging in the rafters <laughs> now that his Wizards tenure is over. He plays ball. Better. like He will help them win games. And so I totally see you moving them up over Brooklyn. Yeah, and like... They're one game back of Brooklyn right now. Well, and, and they got that, which is instant integration, and Brooklyn's got to work in... Ben Simmons and deal with never having Harden again. Yeah. Um, and and obviously, like, obviously I think Brooklyn's way better than Charlotte. But, like, uh, you know, like the, other, the last thing I'll say about Trez is, like, kind of to the point we are making about Harden earlier, I think he's, like, one of the easiest guys maybe in the whole league to, like, plug and play, kind oh, of. Oh, yeah. Um, he'll be great for LaMelo. They just really needed someone like that. He's not yeah. going to – he doesn't raise their ceiling very high. They're not going to win a playoff series. But, like, I think for the rest of the regular season, they'll they'll do pretty well. Yeah. With with the Nets, it was – it felt weird bumping them down because I think this trade made them better. But in my brain, I was like, okay, we still don't know for sure when KD's going to be back. When he's going to be playing, you know, will there be a minute restriction? Will he be back back? Mm. Um, Kyrie's still going to be missing home games, and then we still don't know when Simmons is going to be back. And like I, I don't. Simmons, it appears a lot of outside signs that he'll be back soon. Like he wants to join the team right away. That's what I would think. But ramping back up to, I'm sure he's in shape. Yeah, but I don't know if he's quite in game shape. If you can be, I don't know enough about the physical biology of how long that'll take. Well, but he's been staying ready. Right. I, That's I, important. He, I would want, think he wants so too. to play right away. My my only thought on that, though, was... Um, uh, I can't remember. I feel like I actually saw this from a, like a tweet from a writer or something, or maybe it was one of the million podcasts I listened to this week. But uh, th- someone made a point basically saying, I'm not sure you can bring Simmons back until KD is back. Cause it you might can't put be, him on an island alone. You I, can't put him on an island. Cause with Kyrie, too, with Kyrie missing the home games, like, do you really want to, especially like if he's been having these mental health issues and stuff, like being integrated, there's going to be a lot of pressure. Like maybe you have to wait till Durant's yeah. back. So you're never putting him on this island. Yeah. Forcing him to figure out this new system while being the only guy to, and, you know. Yeah. And not only that, but it's not what's going to end up being real. Like you're integrating him to Brooklyn 
and he'll play five or whatever games all mm-hmm. alone, and then that's not actually the case. Because he'll be playing with Kyrie down the stretch and Kevin Durant down the stretch. So this is wild. I mean, I got him ninth, but I still think that they're I, a I strong see that. that's title a, contender. That's a good point, I mean? yeah. Um, like, I think that About, they could win it all this year. Yeah, I mean, they've lost 10 straight, and nothing yet has changed. Like, they right. could lose three more. Yeah, that's why I could so see it being a totally rough... I totally see. That's yeah, a good point. Like, next Charlotte. couple weeks, and then, like, yeah. really picking it up once yeah. everyone's, like, back. They've got three games on Atlanta, and, like, Simmons and Durant are getting on the court. So it's not just going to be a continuous free fall. Yeah. So, yeah, I like your point of nine. Okay, uh, move time. on to the West. Yeah. yeah. So, who went first on the other one? Uh, I think I did. Okay. So, I will start with the West. Um, their standings are a little different. So, one through three, I'm going to... Oh, we got to run them down. Suns are a comfortable number one. They're four and a half games on the Warriors, who are fairly comfortable number two. They're two and a half games farther on the Suns. Or not the Suns, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, yeah. Grizzlies are three, and then four, Jazz, five, Mavericks, six, Nuggets, and then in the play-in... Seven Wolves, eight Clippers, nine Lakers, ten Pelicans. Just outside the play-in, the Blazers, but they're tanking. Blazers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Blazers finish in the play-in, man. I don't even... (laughs) be so lame. I do not want to get that hyperbolic, and I don't need to see that much. It's already lame when the play-in That much Portland, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then San Antonio is a game and a half back of the ten, and the Kings are two and a half back of the ten. So one through three is pretty chalk the suns aren't getting caught the warriors probably aren't getting caught and the grizzlies aren't getting caught for yeah. their respective one two three i have them the same yeah i've got the same i it's not that interesting slightly toyed with the grizzlies catching the warriors but i don't think it's gonna happen i think the warriors are only getting better like yeah if clay hadn't come back yet then they did you would say they're prioritizing clay over regular season games but clay's been back for a minute and when draymond gets back he's draymond He's yeah. never not been on the Warriors. Like that's not going to be painstaking at all. And he hasn't been out long enough for it to be a right. system change. That was he was only he was honestly the sole reason I slightly considered the Grizzlies was I was like, okay, we still don't have a ton of updates there. So like I do think he's they've been playing still pretty strong without him. Yeah. But like the Grizzlies have been playing great. Like I could see them yeah. slowly making up that ground if Draymond yeah. misses more time than we think. Like both teams have won eight of their last ten. The Suns have won nine of their last ten. Like the Suns have been a machine this year. They're like they're like the new Bucks. Yeah. Like regular season wise. Um so, yeah, is there yeah. anything in particular you want to touch on on those teams? Like Um, I love that the Grizzlies didn't make a deal. Much like I said about the Knicks and basically the Cavs, because Leverett was free money using mm-hmm. an injured player's expiring. Don't push your window. You've got so much time. Like they kicked their feet back and said, "No, like, yeah, we don't need to do anything. We're not going to try and do anything because they're young superstar." And it's the same thing in Cleveland that they got multiple well, kind of things going on. The vibes are so strong. They're like the chemistry just seems like through the roof. Yeah, with Memphis, no, people that, are like, talking about them. It might like, not the have been new, worth like heat culture of the West. Like, yeah, when you've got it perfect and you've got a great coach and you've got all that youth, you don't want to worry about that. You can vet a lot more in the off season exactly about what kind of guys you want. And they still haven't had like a real playoff because they just haven't been this good. So like. Yeah, they've played I, they, five playoff games, which is huge. They they like were, John Morant will not have home court, but like has never been there before. Yeah, almost everybody there knows what the playoffs are like. And from a like from a roster construction standpoint, like I would almost want I want to see them, like I want to see this version of this roster 
play as a favorite first before yeah. I start making changes because it yeah might you need you need more. to see them in a full playoff series at least one yeah it's a great chance that they make the second round and see what other people throw at them what works what doesn't exactly but man am I ready for the FedEx Forum playoffs <laughs> I can't that building's gonna be insane that might be the <laughs> that might be the craziest building in the playoffs I want to I want to see what the hive is like. Um, I hope they get to host a playing game. We'll see where that ends up. And then maybe Charlotte gets some home games in the playoffs, but I'd be surprised if they win the play-in. In the Kings. Kings building's insane. People don't talk about Golden Corral enough because nobody's watching the Kings. Mm-hmm. But they blow up, and they were blowing up during Sabonis' first game back. That game was so much fun. Yeah. And anytime you end like a two-decade drought, your stuff's going to go insane. Like the Bills, when the Bills snapped their drought. But yeah, the Suns picked up Aaron Holiday for cash considerations, which is really nice. DeAndre Ayton, I saw a quote, said um, after he was drafted number one by the Suns, they asked like who should they go and get at their next pick, number 16. Yeah. And he was like, go get Aaron Holiday. And they got Cam Johnson, pretty dang good. Like He's, <laughs> he's a great bench player, great defensive, great shooting, six-man. But yeah, like they love Aaron Holiday. They got him for nothing, no assets. Um, and then what they get? Tory Craig for Jalen Smith. I hated that deal because I love Jalen Smith, but like adding Craig and Holiday doesn't hurt you at all. It's like they're preparing for another finals run. Yeah, I like their deadline. Warriors also didn't do anything, which I like. So yeah, um, four through seven is the next group. So right now that's Jazz, Mavericks, Nuggets, Timberwolves. One through three are chalk. Should I go first again? Yeah. So. Like I said, Jazz, Mavs, Nuggets, Wolves. I have Dallas taking that four seed from the Jazz. Oh, same. I've wow. got I've got the Jazz. I thought you were gonna call me out on that. No. <laughs> okay, sweet. Deal. I've I've got the Jazz switching with the Mavs and going to five, and then I've got Minnesota and Denver also switching. So it goes from Jazz, Mavs, Nuggets, Wolves oh, to Mavs, Jazz, Wolves, Nuggets. Okay, so I have Mavs, Jazz, Nuggets, Wolves. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to hear your. So you've got the one change, but not the second one. Yes. Okay. Um, so I mean, do we, do we you want... you take point like the yeah, Mavs. Yeah, want to start Mavs. Yeah. The Mavs are playing great, and I know you know more about the recent stretch than I do. And yeah. I like the Kristaps trade. Yeah, as much as you can. We're we're playing really well. Uh, I think the just to you know address the Kristaps trade real quick. I think that lowers the ceiling, but actually, like I think a lot of people are assuming. It's going to make us worse in the regular season. Uh, I shouldn't say us. Dallas. Dallas yeah. worse in the regular season. Sorry, I'm Dallas Myers. Yeah, we, were, we <laughs> live in Dallas. We're recording from Dallas. Sean was always been from here. Um, but uh, I really don't think it does, uh, especially just from a, like, he's, we've been playing really strong recently. He's, he's missed a lot of games recently. It hasn't really necessarily um, hurt the Mavs. Mm-hmm. Um like I said, you get into a playoffs and like you miss like Brunson's been really good and really solid, but like KP gives you that second star potential and the, they just won't have that. So that's going to hurt their ceiling when they're playing really good teams. Um, but otherwise, they've been taking care of business, and I think Bertans and Dinwiddie will have kind of ready-made roles right away. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to make the team worse. Um, yeah. I think they should help now if they help a little or a decent amount. You know, could kind of 
be the you know deciding factor in whether they catch a Utah Jazz. Yeah, um, they're two games back right now. Yeah, uh, and I think they still play three more times this year. Really? Uh, yeah, so that will be a big one. Yeah, those will matter a ton, and they'll be interesting to see because they're the four and the five. Like even if they transpose or not, that could be your first round series. Right. Uh, There's a lot of stake in those games. And like you know, Luca has been absurd recently. Uh, like absurd, absurd. Uh, I'm actually I'm gonna pull up his his uh, basketball reference right now. But like to the KP point, you know, like he's missed like 13 of the last 21. I think it was. Yeah, I was just looking at. And so it's like um, it's not the same as trading Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. obviously. But yeah, like you know how to play without him. Yeah. You really know how to play without him, and you don't have to bring in a whole new system, James Harden type of player. Like you said, the roles for Dinwiddie and Bertans are going to be really ready-made. Like, Bertans instantly going to be the best shooter that Lucas ever played with. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know how comfortably, but, like, pretty decisively. When Bertans is, like, on like he was when he got that contract, he's a top-five shooter in the world. Yeah. I want to bring up the numbers that I had for him um, from that season because they were scorching season-long. He didn't shoot 50% for a month and a half and then make his numbers go that way. They were pretty crazy. He shot 42.4% from the field, from deep, I should say, taking nine shots and taking the farthest shots in the NBA. Like his average field goal distance was farther than anybody. I think Duncan Robinson was second. And he was still like the best shooter, the best non-Steph guys like that shooter. Yeah, and you know, it, it, it's, he's gonna thrive next to Luca because Luca's playing how Beal played that year. Right, he'll he'll get he'll get spot ups, a lot more spot up opportunities. I think a lot more probably wide open opportunities. You know, um, and yeah, I mean, looking at Luca's last fifteen games, uh, he's averaging thirty a game, ten rebounds, ten assists. Um, well, thirty point three, nine point eight rebounds, nine point five assists. Um, he's shooting 48% from the field, 35% from three on eight three-point attempts. Uh, he's just been, he's, he's averaging 9.1 free throw attempts a game. Like he's, he's really, that's what's sustainable. Otherworldly. He's shooting like league average from three and he's getting to the line. Those are the two things that don't like dissipate. And that's where, I mean, he had these major struggles earlier in the year and so much of it was, you know, it's obviously been well documented that he wasn't the best shape, but he just wasn't he wasn't getting to the lane and he wasn't he wasn't drawing yeah. fouls as much and that's such a huge part of his efficiency and like yeah. his production. Um, and like you said, one of the greatest or best things that Kristaps was bringing when he's on the floor is how big the driving lanes were right. for Luca and Bertans is going to do that. He's going to help that. He's more, yeah. Like when he was on, like I was saying in nineteen twenty, and even still, because you have to respect him. Mm-hmm. He takes the farthest shots. He's as an elite floor stretcher as there can be because that's what it is. It's how far out he has to take his man. Right. And so if you can compensate for him with other rebounders and things like that or just use him however you can best on defense, then he's going to give you the best lanes possible, and he's going to get himself open, and he's not going to make Luke worse at all. Exactly. So And Luke's going to make him better. And so I really like that as much as he ends up playing, it won't be 30 minutes. Don't get us wrong. Yeah. But he's, like you said, it's a ready-made role. And, then, you know, I think then when he could go either way, um, I think there's a world where he, he should be a pretty solid six-man, I think, at the very least. Um, yeah. There's a world where, you know, he does he continues his struggles like he like he's had in Washington recently. 
Um, and honestly, that's fine. I think they can live through that. Like, he yeah. doesn't have to be playing 25 minutes a game. He could play 13 minutes a game. Or he yeah. could play 20. Or he could play, you know, like, I don't think they, like, necessarily need him, need him with Brunson and Luca playing so well. Yeah. Um, so but, it's kind of more gravy than anything. But um, So Brunson and Luca are obviously great ball handlers. Trey Burke, would you say is their third? Yeah, he's their third. And uh, Dinwiddie's a pretty certain upgrade over Trey Burke. Right, I, I agree. And like I was saying about the Toronto Raptors bigs, like Precious, Siakam, and Thad Young can all play any combination. I feel that way about Dinwiddie, Brunson, and Luka. Yeah, and you could probably play all three of them at the same time if you, yeah. if you wanted to, which we haven't had. You can't play Luka, Brunson, Burke. It just doesn't work. So, we've, yeah. you know, so that would be interesting. I don't know if that would necessarily be a, a good thing or would work, but it, it's a new yeah. wrinkle and, with three playmakers that they could throw out there. And Dinwiddie plays defense and rebounds. Right. Especially in this situation now where his role is more clearly defined than it was in Washington. Like... He's bigger than Brunson, or not Brunson, Burke. He's bigger than Brunson, too. But yeah. Like, <laughs> he will bring a lot of things that Burke didn't have, mm-hmm. and hopefully that really helps. And, like, they're then on ball handling. Right. So having another ancillary one, ancillary one is going to be really good. Yeah, I think that that's pretty, a pretty huge hole for the Mavs. I, I think that helps a lot. Yeah. I would say, uh, moving on to Jazz, um, not a lot of change there. Like they picked said. up Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who... I don't think he does. He's probably them, Jordan Clarkson you know. insurance for after this year, like yeah. into the future. He's got a team option, which I'm sure they'll pick up because mm-hmm. he's only making like five million right now. Um, they're comfortable with who they are. I had no beef with anybody picking them to make the finals. I forget where I had them, top two or three seed, because they're Mr. Continuity, like yeah. bar none. They're doing the same thing as they were last year. They were a comfortable one seed last year. If it wasn't for some freak things going down in the second round, they'd be in the conference finals, and I like their chances against last year's Suns. Right. This year's Suns are way better, but like if you gave them that, I was thinking I might pick them in the conference finals. So they haven't been that, but Mitchell's been hurt. I don't think they're any worse really than last year. Yeah, I don't except think so for they just haven't been able to be on cruise control and just have the regular season like figured out. I mean, I, th- I think losing Ingles hurts, you know. Yeah, it um, really does. It really and does. And I like you, you know. Uh, they're still terribly thin on defending the wing. Yeah. That's the reason they lost to Paul George and Kawhi last year. So they had no wing answers for all the Clippers' wing scoring. So they're going to be a weird playoff matchup. But in the regular season, they should be. They should be fine. They're just yeah. so, they're just so good. And I just My vote for moving Dallas to four was just Mavs' confidence. Mm-hmm. The Jazz should be about the same, and Donovan Mitchell's been backing and going crazy. So uh, if, I'm, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I think Mitchell's underrated. Another thing— He'll help them win a lot of games. Oh, Mitchell lost. But, like, another thing that I slightly took into consideration here was, like, like you said, they're kind of Mr. Continuity. Like, I could see— the difference between if, if, you know, these two are battling it out for four and five, like I can see getting the four seed feeling like like the Mavs, like that's really important to them. Cause yeah, it's like, they're going to gun for it. They haven't Utah really proven anything. Be, I don't know if Utah will care. You, yeah, that's you a, know, that's They're a like, oh, point. we got the four of the five. Like, they'd rather, they'd rather I mean, be ready would, for the playoffs. Obviously, they'd want, you always, yeah. you want the home court advantage and everything. But yeah, they're, I they, think they're going to be long term. They want to be healthy, figure out their thing. Like the Bucks, was it last year? Mm-hmm. They stopped caring about winning 64 games 
because they wanted to know what the playoffs were going to be like. They yeah. wanted to be healthy and they wanted to be going. And they won a playoff series, and that you know, I don't think. Yeah, I, I bet Utah if I'm a Utah fan, need home court as much as they need yeah, to play ball. I'm thinking, in oh, if, if, if we can't beat the Mavs in a playoff series on the road, then like we we need to be yeah. shaking things up anyway. Whereas yeah. the Mavs, it's like, oh, if we can get a, a playoff series win, that's awesome. Yeah, because we haven't had that. They want so bad. We need to build that momentum going forward. Yeah. Um. So I have Minnesota going from seven to six with Denver. And you've got six and seven staying the same. Denver right. at six, Minnesota at six. Yeah. Uh, ex- so explain to me that uh, that Minnesota take. So what what are they like? A game and a half back from Denver or two? They are. Yeah. So they're one and a half back of Denver right okay. now. So twenty nine and twenty seven versus thirty and twenty five. I love the way Minnesota's been playing ball. I know they've lost their last two to mm-hmm. no shame, like the new Sabonis. Which, it's like when an interim coach plays their first game. It's like they almost always win. Yeah, just excitement. You yeah, know? like, and you don't know what's going to happen. You can't game plan. Yeah, There's literally zero tape. It's like Taylor Heineke making his first start in a playoff game. <laughs> like, he was a score shy of beating Brady and the champs. Because what do you, you don't know what to do. Right. Like, you had no tape on Sabonis, and they were still down to the wire. That game was so much fun. And then they lost to the Bulls, which, again, is really no good shame. Team. Yeah. yeah. And they've still been playing their best ball, even though the only consecutive home games they've had in the last, I think, month and a half, maybe month, has been one back-to-back. Wow. So they've been on the road for a lifetime, and they're still like winning games and hitting their stride. I've got a lot of faith in them when they get back to home, when they get back with that all-star break rest, because... When you're on a road trips like that, it matters so much more to get that all-star rest. Right. So I see them continuing to trend up. Denver, we know what they are. Like mm-hmm. They obviously have had the awful luck of no Murray and MPJ, but they've been this team for a while. Like This team's not going to trend up or down. And reports yesterday, I think, via The Athletic, said that both MPJ and Murray could be cleared before the regular season ends. And if that's the case, they're going to lose more than they win. Like, they're going to get those guys ready, like we were saying about the Jazz. All they care about is playing that ball for the playoffs. Yeah. And they're going to worry about that, and it's the right call to do. So I think they're pretty even right now. I think the Wolves might be better than the current Nuggets, like the Jokic-only Nuggets. And they're going to continue to play great ball. The Nuggets are going to play the ball that they've been playing. Like, the Nuggets are staying steady in the standings. The Wolves are climbing. So I would bet on that momentum mixed with, like, Denver's been here before. Yeah, know what they are. You might have talked me into that one, honestly. Uh, I I agree. Like, I, you know, in a playoff setting and everything, getting Jamal Murray and like Porter Jr. back is huge for Denver. Oh yeah, Denver but, would um, take care of the Wolves in a series. But the first, two, honestly, maybe in like five games. Yeah, but first week or two same. of them back, it's yeah. gonna be rough. It's gonna be you know Jamal Murray's missed how many months now? You know, like yeah. it, he, you can't just step in and be great. You know, kind of thing. Like we've seen. Mm-hmm. With, like Clay's been pretty good, but you know it takes a little while. You got to ramp these guys up, yeah. Um, and then everyone else has to adjust. Uh, I always just want to give Carl Anthony Towns love. Like he's yeah ridiculously good, and I think it gets kind of dude and- like lost in the conversation sometimes because there's yeah. so many like superstars, like just really good, amazing players right now, and like yeah, and the Wolves aren't very interesting necessarily like, all the time. They're, they're getting there though. Oh, I agree. Uh, like next year, they're gonna be. I mean, they're gonna be probably bigger than the Grizzlies this year. Like they won't be as good as this year's Grizzlies. Yeah, but their market's bigger than Memphis, and they've got multiple stars. Yeah, like Ant, 
could be the Morant, but then they've also got D'Lo, who people know forever because he played in New York and he played in Brooklyn, not New York and Brooklyn, New York and LA. He's been an all-star already. He played at a major college program. Like he was the second pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are way more established stars. Like we are gonna love the Wolves next year. Yeah, and uh, like to that point, like like Cat too. Um, I He's think so it's, unique. It's amazing. I think it gets we lost the love the like improvements like the way he's developed his game because like obviously he's this incredible outside shooter is big but like he probably the best shooting center ever uh fairly comfortably I think. yeah i would think easily not big um, obviously that's a different and long conversation but yeah com- comfortably like, he's in the three-point contest yeah uh he, and he should be he his drive game has gotten so strong like Driving the hoop, he's become a much better passer. He's improved a ton as a defender. Mm. Like, he's just like a... I, I do think that there was a time, you know, a few years back where maybe there's a little bit of credence to, like, he's this really, really productive, really good player, but, like, maybe he's not doing all the things that contribute to winning. Like, I think that's dead now. Like, yeah, I it's think just like Devin Booker. Yeah. You could not... People will hate it, Devin Booker's 71-point game. They're just like, this guy's just like a bum taking shots. Yeah. <laughs> and now, like, people are talking to him like he's one of the best shooting guards. Yeah. Like, and he is. And he didn't have anything change. He just, we started looking at him more because the games were changing results. Um, I feel the same way. I love Cat. Okay, so yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, last thing on the Nuggets, like, I guess the only reason, one, I should have looked, I, I think I've... I was looking at the standings, but I, I don't think it registered that they're only a game and a half apart. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of just assume it was it was uh, steeper than that. But um, yeah, you know, the Nuggets got Jokic. I mean, that's yeah. you know, he's truly so good. Like, de- you know, I think it, it's hard to like say who necessarily is like the best player in the world, but he's like locked top three. Like, yeah, no question. Like, just yeah. that good. I don't um, want to open that conversation because yeah. I've got a lot of takes, but like. Y'all aren't talking about Jokic enough. Offense matters more than defense. Agreed. Um, so next group is 8 through... 8 through 10. 8 through 10. Right now, that's the Clippers and the Lakers are a half game apart. Clippers on 8, Lakers on 9. And the Pelicans are 3.5 back of the 10 spot. Mm-hmm. And then, like we said, Portland's not going to make it. And then the Spurs are a game and a half back of New Orleans. The Kings are 2 back. Yeah. So for 8, 9, and 10... I have the Lakers at eight, the Clippers at nine, so they switch. Okay. And then I have the Pelicans losing their spot to the Sacramento Kings. Okay. Which is, like, they would have to jump two games, like I said. Um, What do you have? I went Clippers, Lakers, Pelicans, almost. Kings were my 11. I almost had the Kings. So you have no change. Clippers stay eight, Lakers stay nine, Pelicans. Yeah, I guess I, I got chalk. Yeah. Okay. So I think the half game difference between the Clippers and the Lakers like we have to see like LeBron playing like maybe the best ball in a couple years mm-hmm. like he's I mean yeah he's like Lestat pad right now um but it's not out of nothing like you can't pad your stats this much if you no, suck. he's been good I don't even like, think he's, he's been, been padding his stats that much like I just yeah. I think that like the supporting cast is just yeah. that bad. Right? No, I don't mean like he's getting like empty triple doubles mm-hmm. so much as I mean like he's not affecting them winning enough. And maybe that's because his teammates are so bad. But like yeah. this is about as bad as somebody putting up like 37 and six and a half mm-hmm. can have a team be. 
Like, you can't play that well and be much worse than the Lakers are. And their yeah. supporting cast is awful. It's just been awful. This is probably the worst team he's played on outside of Anthony Davis. Uh, yeah. If, you, if like, you exhume Anthony Davis, this is probably worse than any Cavs team. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I think that they get that half game over the Clippers because the Clippers, I don't know. Like, they got rid of Serge Ibaka for literally nothing. Rodney mm-hmm. Hood and Sammy Ojale, no picks. I don't understand it still. Been trying to for a couple days. But they don't seem that concerned. And they got Norman Powell and they got Covington, but they don't want to win even though they're winning. Like, they're not trying to lose. Yeah. But wins and losses don't matter to them. None of the seasons Whereas you're going to get zero dark 30 LeBron every single night until the middle of April. That's a good point. And so I love Norman Powell so much. He's so underrated. And Covington's probably overrated, but his fit's going to be underrated. He makes them a lot better. But I don't expect to see Kawhi this year. It would not shock me at all if they don't want Paul George to play this year. Yeah. There's nothing for him to play for. I, I bet you they're both done yeah. for the year. That'd be my that guess. That makes the most sense to decide that. And so even though they're awesome and they're winning games and they're so much fun, like it's the same thing I kept saying about like the Nuggets and a couple other teams. is They're going to do what they're doing, and they're playing steady. Like The Wolves are rising. I think the Lakers have to rise. Mm-hmm. And so that's that. It's only a half game. And then I've got the Pelicans falling because I love the Kings. I love Delmas Sabonis. I can see that. De'Aaron Fox, instantly. Like, that first game back, he's playing the hardest basketball he's played all season long. Like, he's well, he wasn't, like, slumming it, but he's rejuvenated. That guy... Yeah, that, dude's is, got a, that dude's got a chip on his shoulder. He too, was a borderline all-star. Like, it was... I mean, Ja's taking a huge leap, but a year ago, it was like, would you rather have Fox or Morant? Yeah. Fox was amazing. He is not bad and he's really really showing that again so bonus made two all-star teams before turning 25 like and the they helped the loss is from the deadline because picking up who they get justin holiday josh jackson dante divincenzo and trey lyles like those are non-nothings yeah like losing bagley they weren't using him the right way even though he's a good player and losing thompson isn't a ton they got good stuff back I really like them, and they just want it so badly. Like yeah. I said about the Golden Corral. <laughs> I mean, like, how many years is it now? Do you know off the top of your head since they've been in the playoffs? It's like an absurd. Did it hit 20? Like, 0-1-0-2 was the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. Uh, so They were definitely in the playoffs in 0-3. Okay, so 19 years. Maybe 0-4. Uh, it's at least 18, I would say. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's not just the longest current, it's the longest in history. It might be the longest in the four major sports. Like, they just want it so bad. And I think yeah. they're good enough. It's only two games. Are they? And the Pelicans aren't going to get Zion, I don't think. Are they going to put up a banner if they make the playoff playing game and lose? No. You don't think no. they'll put up a playoff banner? No, dude, they're not. Even the Kings aren't that, like, tone. I'm down. very interested to see how... They might put like how um, teams define that going forward, or if like everyone it's agrees. Not, it's not like, a playoff berth, and they don't go into playoff stats. Okay, like you're still in the lottery if you lose. I was gonna the say because I didn't know if it'll be kind of left up to these teams to kind of like decide on their own. Oh, like, it'll it'll be a PR thing for sure. Yeah, it's just like 2022 playing makers, yeah, par- playing participants. participants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll put their participation banner for sure. Like, and that's how they're going to sell the trade. It's like, we made the play-in. And even if they don't, they're going to sell it like, the Bulls missed the play-in after trading for Vucevic. <laughs> and now they're the three seed. Uh, but yeah, I like them better than the Pelicans. 
I, I can kind of see two that. Two games isn't too much, and McCollum's awesome, but the Pelicans are playing for the future a lot more. Right. Especially considering we don't know if we're going to see Zion. I'm pessimistic about it. I don't know if they would ri- like Unless Zion's beautifully, unbelievably healthy, then they're not going to risk uh, yeah, I anything don't think, I don't for, think, a play, for a play-in loss. I don't think he's going to. like For a guy You're that's right. about half halfway his foot out the door, Like I'm sure he's like, you, you want me to play and then try as yeah. hard as I can and that take for would, 10 games? You know? That would displease him. He right. doesn't seem to. I mean, we don't need to talk about somebody that young's next contract. That I, don't, being, I don't want to talk about his Yeah, brother. I don't want to speculate on that kind of stuff. But, but like, that I, like, said, I like the Kings a lot. The Spurs are higher up than the Kings mm-hmm. by a half game, but they're selling. Yeah. Like they sold Derek White, and they sold Dad Young. So I don't expect it to be them. But Pop's going to get the record-breaking win, and I can see the Spurs doing it. They're just too good. Yeah. Like, they're too well-coached. Murray is they so good yeah. this year, and, like, Ooh. they're still pretty deep. Even after he's yeah. selling off to other guys, like, it's weird to call it a really bad team deep, but I think it's just like yeah. a, it's like a, I would like them. They have a lot of really good role players, I guess, is, yeah. like, the best way to put it. Like, yeah. they don't have necessarily the star power to, like, give I wins, would really but... like them. They're slotted seventh in the lottery right now. I would really, really like them to... Oh, if they not make it, dude. Even if they don't make it, like I think the Kings will pass them. And once the Kings get that half game, the Spurs will have six best odds. Mm -hmm. That's like already that's their highest pick since Duncan. I think what's his name? Um, Devin Vassell was their highest pick since Duncan. Yeah. And man, I want them to get a nice core piece. And you you could say the same about uh, Primo next year. You know, if any of those three teams, the three being Pelicans. Kings, uh, Spurs misses and jumps like top three, top four. That's a really interesting yeah. core. I, I like. I think the Pelicans like sneak. Like I don't think a lot of people talk about the CJ McCollum deal. You know, it's not like the most interesting thing because um, they're not he, be that he's good this a year. big name, but yeah. But but next year, you know, I'm really intrigued to see CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion. Ingram's playing I think the that's best an interesting of his career. Big three. I think it's pretty complimentary. Yeah. Point. Point Ingram has been crazy. I've been amazed with the playmaking chops he's shown. Yeah. And CJ McCollum's a great secondary playmaker too. I don't know if they're gonna run with Devontae Graham going forward as the other guard. Kyra Lewis will probably be better than him by next year if he recovers from his injury well enough. I like Kyra better going forward, but both those guys are interesting in different fits with that big three. And if they get a good lottery pick, say they get top three, they're gonna have a great big next to Zion. Yeah, Zion's like somebody who needs a great fit big yeah, next to him. Give him like Chet. Yeah, you know Chet would be. I feel like that's a that's a nice. They would sell a lot. Like if they got three, they would sell so much to get to one or get to wherever Chet is. Mm-hmm. I think. So yeah, even I've, then Chet I've might got, be three. I think I've know, got the Kings. Yeah, that feels like it's gonna de- how it's playing. I guess yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna depend, depend on which teams there. are where. Right. Um, yeah, I really like the Kings. I, I think the Pelicans could do it, but I really like the Kings. That's kind of it for for us. I'm, I'm gonna put you on the spot here, though, real quick, Michael. Uh, if you were to say today, uh, finals matchup, who who would you go with? Who you have coming out of the West? Who you have coming out of the East? It's so hard to pick against the Suns. Um, yeah, it's so good this year. I'm gonna pick the Bucks definitely in the East. Interesting. Okay. Um, I shouldn't say definitely. I think the Heat are the second best team in the East. Mm-hmm. Sixers are really interesting because I don't know what Harden's going to be like right away. Yeah. And I don't know if their window is next year or this year because of 
the current Embiid they're getting. But as it stands, still the Bucks. How many teams are you considering in the East? Would you consider like six? Or is it like two or three? To win the East? Yeah. Just those three. I don't think Brooklyn's... You don't think Brooklyn can do it? No. Okay. I don't think Chicago can either. And that's no disrespect to the Bulls. Like, yeah, I don't when think people aren't talking about the Bulls. I'm the same way. I don't think Chicago or Cleveland I don't think or it's. Boston I don't it. think it's disrespectful in terms of getting out of the East. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I, I don't think so. Milwaukee's either. the safest. Miami's been everything you could ask them to be, and Philadelphia's the highest ceiling. Yeah, like I would not be amazed at all if it's Miami. See, I would I would throw Brooklyn in there too, but I think, definitely the fourth of those three. Yeah. I agree. They're um, they're next. It's just how seriously you take that next. Like Kyrie's gonna play every game next year, like he has to, right? Like yeah. we don't know what's gonna happen with Kyrie this year. If Kyrie's back, if Kyrie gets his shot today or he gets it in two weeks, like they're in that same tier and we'll have to think about it more. But so I'm gonna say the Bucks and then I'm going to say the Warriors. Warriors? Okay. Yeah. Because I don't know. The Suns didn't show it to me last playoffs. And they're showing absolutely everything this regular season. And they're not going for records like the 73-9 and team, like Mm -hmm. exhausting themselves. It feels like they're all just fine and healthy and playing their best ball. Yeah. But it seems too soon. Like, they were not... They didn't make the playoffs. They had that awesome 8-0 bubble, but, like, they went from missing the playoffs to making the finals in one year. And I don't think dynasties just happen. Were there any quickly? Are there is like there any consideration to Grizzlies or anyone else in the West? Yeah, coming out of the West, got Jazz, I guess. Yeah, if the Nuggets get Murray and MPJ back in time, they're not gonna make it far enough. But like they were the best team in the West or the NBA before Murray got hurt last year. Yeah, and so that's the team I need to see so badly. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna take the Warriors because I think. I like Clay a lot. Jordan Poole's great for them. Like, I don't know. They've got they've got it, they've got it next year too. But they've been there so much. So many and times. like I That's call them, advantage. I call them like the original big three without KD, like the mm-hmm. playground three, because they just play the most fun. Most <laughs> yeah, playground three. They're like they're all the way back. They are. I mean, I say that while Draymond's hurt and Clay Thompson's missed two years, but like they feel like they're who they were. And they've got so many good supplementary places. Like, they have an all-star starter. They've got Andrew Wiggins, who's literally starting the all-star game. Like, they are not just those guys. You know, they're not just Iguodala and Sean Livingston, who never put up 10 points a game, or, like, talking yourself into Festus Azili. Mm-hmm. Like, they're a big three and more. Yeah, they, yeah, Poole's been great. Like, Kaminga's looking actually really yeah. good. Like, so, give, so give me Bucks Warriors today. I think, uh, this is so lame, but I think I would have... Just looking through it, I think I'd have finals rematch of last year with the same result. I'm yeah. Bucks, Suns, Bucks win. Um, yeah. But I'm guessing Warriors. Pretty are... lined up. I really, the Suns and Warriors are the only teams I consider in the West. Um, Who do you like next? Heat or Sixers after the Bucks? Uh, Heat, then yeah. Sixers. Uh, Man, we're sleeping, I feel like, on the Sixers. Yeah, probably a like little Tobias bit. Like Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, still got Danny Green and Tybal. Like they lost almost nothing. I like, think Drummond's uh, the best backup in the league. Maybe next like year said. is the year I might have him 
circled up. Like yeah. I might. They might. They might be the day the, one. Yeah, in day both one, conferences, they by, might be the day one pick. first. Yeah. I, I gotta say the Lakers also. Like. <laughs> oh, see Lakers. I, I put I put the Lakers. Lakers in that, would be fifth or sixth for me in the last. In, in that Jazz tier, it's clearly the Suns and Warriors. I've got no beef with you picking the Suns. But then next most likely, like, Jazz, Lakers. Oh, uh, you want? Can I? I'll fire off a, a real hot tag. LeBron's still the best. I man. think uh, the Mavs would have a stronger chance of making the finals than the Lakers. The Dallas Mavericks? Yeah. The Dallas Mavs? Yeah, because I think that. Dinwiddie is just unstoppable. I mean, playoff Dinwiddie. No, I think that what <laughs> uh, LeBron was in the playoffs is now Luka. I think Luka is now playoff LeBron. I agree. I don't think but that LeBron was just on. So I would much still have them like fifth of teams' likelihood to make it out yeah. of the West, but like fifth or sixth or something. But it was just like individual greatness. Like Luca is very much following LeBron's kind of steps, mm-hmm. and he's in the Cleveland 1.0 yeah. like process of that. And it just was like only the individual greatness. And it's not like he didn't know how to win team ball. Mm-hmm. LeBron kind of did, and I think Luca does better. LeBron learned how to make his teammates better. Yeah. Um, I just don't see it. He doesn't have a co-star at all. Yeah. The, and the only way I'd the see. Cavs won a ton of regular season games. Like they won sixty six games in when two thousand was it two thousand seven or was it two thousand nine? Oh seven. It was either the first finals run or just like the two thousand nine team that was supposed to be the best one. They got bounced by the Magic and the conference semis. But yeah, like sixty six games with no help. Yeah, that was the oh nine team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the only like that was year five for him. Luca's in year four. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's the that's the only where I'd be like, if you squint really hard, I think the Mavs can make the playoffs. Where it'd just be like, Luca just goes crazy finals. or finals. I mean, yeah, Luca goes crazy. People are hot shooting. Yeah, and then I mean, that's like all it takes. you like sneak in, you get to the finals, you get like yeah. four out or you yeah, know, that's four one. You yeah. know, that's fine. I would love that. That'd be great. Yeah, no, the, the <laughs> like the, the Bucks would sun them, but to yeah. win three series, I think anyone that would make it out of the East would absolutely and annihilate. The West is like the opposite of a gauntlet. Like I very much realize that mm-hmm. going through this is if you dodge the you, Warriors or the Suns, or if you dodge both, like you could be playing basketball in June. Yeah, or even just like just a matter of like. Devin Booker goes yeah. down. Like, one guy. Yeah. Like, for, like, three games. Or, Dray- he, or he gets suspended. Draymond Green goes down. Yeah. Like, then it's like, oh, then, I don't know, maybe you can win this series, yeah. you know? Um, but it's going to be tough with the Suns and the Warriors 1 and 2. They probably won't take each other out. Right. Because they're not going to fall far enough. But like you're saying, if something happens, like, there's no secondary depth where any team could run. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Is that about it? I think that's it. You got, Yeah, you got any, uh, any last thoughts in your mind? Basketball, um, Sudoku. It's anything? important to point out that Wes Unsell Jr. recently commented that Chris Dobson Beal could reach Marie and Jokic levels. <laughs> we, I don't know more basketball than an NBA head coach. <laughs> Unsell coached both those players. Son, son of an MVP. Too. Yeah, like Unsell built a crazy top 10 defense with Jokic as his center. So, I mean... <laughs> If he doesn't know, then then who would know? Also, I'm the first one officially on record of saying that the Wizards are getting Malcolm Brogdon this offseason because, I mean, they have Halberd and they don't need him anymore and they're trying to rebuild. Brogdon, Beal, amazing backcourt. I love that fit so much. He'd be the best fit point guard 
with Beal. Yeah. yeah. That Beal has had. All right. Nice little shot call. Nice little yeah. shot call. And who knows where Kristaps will be. But All right. My, that's a big three, dude. My <laughs> shot call today will be, I think the, the Mavs do win a playoff series this year. Very respectable. Like we said, if they get the Jazz. I think that's it. One yeah. one round. But I, I think they, I think they'll probably get the Jazz, and I think they'll beat the Jazz in seven. Like we said, they can't defend the perimeter. They let Paul George and... Yeah, Terrence Mann. They do not match up. Well Terrence Mann did some... But also Gobert would torch the Mavs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Terrence Mann, he violated the Geneva Convention <laughs> against the Jazz. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to give him Luka Doncic? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a last little fun fact. Seven, uh, if you include the playoffs and regular season, seven of nine, seven of the nine, like, high-scoring Luka games are against the Clippers. <laughs> yeah yeah he has like 17 40 plus games and seven of them are against clippers do you think that he hated Kristaps? like the day that Kristaps got traded he celebrated by having his career high i don't think so i don't think that they were like really buddy buddy do you think but the i don't think they had any beef. do you think the 51 on the day of the trade is coincidence because uh, they didn't trade anybody else it wasn't like they were thin on depth and he had to take the shots i think the the biggest part of it was just that we were playing the Clippers. Yeah. Like, he... That's truly... true. Like, you just said about seven out of nine. He says, give me the Clippers. And, like, he got the Clippers without... Without Paul without George Kawhi, Kawhi, Paul George. Or Serge Ibaka. Yeah, like, he's, like, looking his chops. Like, that's great. And he, he yeah, truly hates some of the, like... Between Morris Wait, and, like, and, and Zubats and, yeah. And Zubats. I don't know what... I don't think Zubats has ever done anything mean to that. Like, it's never think, gotten chippy, but Where's he, Zubats from? Do they speak a language in common? Uh, oh, Where is Zubats from? I'm, I'm blanking out. We're, we're getting off track. <laughs> <laughs> tune, tune I'm, I'm sure they speak one yeah. or two in common. Yeah. yeah. Cool English yeah. would be one, but... <laughs> tune, tune in next time to find out where if yeah, Zubats is from. Zubats is from. <laughs> Ball Things Considered. Ball Things Podcast. Um, I'm Hoops Michael. He's Sean Bush 3. Yeah, check us out. Follow, like, subscribe, uh, comment on YouTube. Mm-hmm. M-I-K-A-L, like Bridges. All right, see you guys. See ya. Like Petrus.